Howdy, howdy, and welcome to episode 21 of the Daily Run Through the Book of Titus. For those of you that are joining us for the first time, welcome to the Daily Run, the Run of the Mills podcast. My name is Mike Mills, thus the name of the podcast. And I am glad you're part of um, part of this today. hope this is a blessing to you. If this is your first time, as I often do, I would encourage you to go back and start at the beginning of uh, the series on Titus. At least that way you know kind of where we're coming from and what we're doing. We're taking the Bible verse by verse through the book of Titus, uh, and our goal, again, is to discover what it is that Paul, the author, is trying to communicate to uh, to Titus and what we can glean from that, because it is God's word to us, but it is not a matter of, hey, this is what this means to me, or, well, no, this means this to me. You know, everybody has their own interpretation of the Bible. Well, yeah, everybody can have their own interpretation of ev- everything, but it doesn't mean it's right, you know. You can go up to McDonald's and they and you say, I want an ice cream cone. And they go, well, that'll be a you know $1.25. And you go, well, my interpretation is that that's 1.25 cents. And they go, no, it's $1.25. Well, that's your interpretation. You know, I have my own interpretation. And they go, well, no, the, the price is $1.25. Well, did you, um, did you, are you the one that wrote that price on the, you know, are you the one that, that, chose the price no i did not that was uh, somebody at corporate oh so you don't even know who made the price so how do you know that you have the proper interpretation i have the proper interpretation it's 1.25 cents now of course that's ridiculous because they are going to know i work at mcdonald's uh the manager who is in contact with the corporate offices received the prices from them we can trace it back we know we understand we have contact with them and we and so they, they you look at the evidence right and go oh yeah i guess the evidence is that the person behind the counter has a much better idea of what the price actually is than the guy that's interpreting it according to what he wants it to say because it's a benefit to him. Oh my goodness, this is the problem that so many people have with the Bible, especially today in so many progressive circles. I'm not talking progressive um, politically, prog- progressive theologically, is that people are interpreting the Bible in a way that it benefits them or fits into their previously held uh, social and uh, cultural ideas. And that is a big mistake. Because the way you interpret the Bible is not by saying, oh, this I like and this I don't like. I mean, you can do that, but you're wrong. Um, The goal is, what did the author mean? And so we talked about that a lot at the beginning. So if you haven't heard the beginning, go back and listen to that. Anyway, today we are talking about um, the qualifications for leaders in the church, and he has given us the list of what he should not be, and now he's giving us the list in verse 8 and um, in verse 9 of what he should be. And so he says, uh, hospitable, we talked about that last time, Um, and then next he says, a lover of what is good. A lover of what is good. Now this almost seems kind of obvious, right? Um... And, uh, and again, like I le- mentioned last time, the, the word hospitable is a combination of two Greek words. Um, and that the word uh, philozenos, um, which means a lover of, you know, a lover of the, or a friend to aliens, a friend to the stranger. Well, uh, this is uh, philoagathos, and um, that is a lover of what is good or a lover of good um and so when we when we talk about these things we're like okay well that seems rather 
that seems rather obvious, like they should love what's good. But let, let's uh, let's look a little deeper into this with the word. Okay, so when we look into the word of like when he says a lover, what is good? That, that word um, agathos means like useful, pleasant, agreeable, joyful, happy, excellent, distinguished, upright, honorable. And he says this is what this guy should be a friend of, right? This is what he should be a friend of or a lover of. Now that doesn't mean he doesn't care about people that are that don't meet those qualifications but i think what he's saying is are these the things that are evident in his life if you go and you look at his movie collection are you going to find a bunch of you know i don't know game of thrones uh pornography um or, you know is it are all raunchy r-rated stuff i mean i i don't know you know um that's is that what he's a fan of are they a fan of things that are, um, you know, glorifying uh, sin? You know, I, I enjoy television shows. I love stories. I've always been a lover of stories. I enjoy movies. But there's been plenty of times where I've been watching a program and I realize that that they're they're taking a hero or the main character who may be flawed. I mean, human, but they start to glorify behavior that's not. And, you know, sometimes you're, you know, sometimes I've been watching shows where I've had to just stop watching them because I realized like, I don't, I don't like this. Now there are shows where they show a character and he's a main character and they fall into some sort of, um, you know, cop show, the, the cop cuts some corners and he, he, uh, you know, he beats up a, a witness or whatever. Now, if they always get away with it and they say like, this is what should happen. Like, I, I don't, I don't like that i don't want to watch that now when they show like oh look at he cut these corners he was you know he abused his power and now he's suffering the consequences you know there's there's a lesson there's a message there there's there's truth in that and so um you know i don't want to watch i don't want to watch stuff that glorifies evil i don't i don't want to want, i don't want to see that i don't want to be you know i'm not a i'm not a lover of that and you know same thing with music you know i used to listen to all kinds of music. And now I found that I don't want to, I don't want to listen to a lot of the stuff I used to listen to. There's a lot of music that I love for, that I listened to like on a daily basis for like five years in my early twenties. And, and I got to a point in my walk with the Lord where I was like, I don't, you know what? I don't want to hear that song anymore. I'm just, I like these songs because they're singing about positive uplifting things, but this one's just about partying and smoking pot and getting drunk. And I, that that's not, that's not good. And so I don't want to, I don't want to sing about that. I don't want to be rocking out down the road to that song because I want to be a lover of what's good. And so, you know, one thing I used to say to my, my youth group kids all the time is, you know, they're, they, and the reason was because they love comedies, right? They love stand up comedians. They love these comedy acts and they love laughing. The problem is, is, is so much of the time that the comedians their comedy is based on uh, vulgarity and uh, and sexuality, and and I have always thought that's the easiest comedy. I mean, it it really takes very little talent to speak to talk dirty. It really doesn't take any talent at all to try to be shocking and make people chuckle. You know, whatever. But I really I I I really don't like it because here's the thing. My savior died because of that. 
Jesus died for that. How can I laugh? How can I be entertained and smiling and like, oh, just enjoying what Jesus had to die for? And that's just one example in our entertainment, you know, but a lover of what is good, the, the, our practices, our hobbies, you know, there's a, uh, an important, an important part of Christian maturity is understanding those things that impact you and recognizing those things that impact you. You know, I know, I, I know young people that will, would listen to music that was just dark and some of it, they said, Oh, the lyrics are Christian, but you listen to the tone and the anger. And, and I, and I just would say like, do, do you recognize what you're taking from this? I don't know if this is good for you. It might be good for somebody else. It might be good for them. It might not. But it's that thing of saying, like, is this good for me? Is this benefiting me? Is this is this drawing me closer to Jesus? Is this refining my character in a positive way? Am, am I a lover of what is good? Am I embracing what is good? I spoke to a group of high schoolers at their baccalaureate one year. And um, it was actually my job that year to speak to the t- to the parents. And so first I told the story and the point of my story was kind of some advice, a friend of mine, um, some advice he gave to a mutual friend who had made some repeatedly bad choices and was reaping the negative rewards of the bad choice. And they came to my friend and they said, Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And my friend said, I looked at them and I said, well, you might want to start with stop being stupid. And so, I told that story and I said to the kids at the end of the story, I said, so my message for you today is stop being stupid. And I got like, I got like the standing ovation from the parents and um, little did the parents know that my message was supposed to be for them that day. And so then I said, well, and parents, you know, soon your children will be going off to college and you may get on there. I don't remember if it was MySpace at that time or Facebook or Instagram or whatever the, the, the thing of the day was. But I said, you know, you get online and you look at their social media and you see them posting about, dude, that party last night was awesome. I'm going to be hungover for a week. Or, or oh, I woke, up in, I woke up in my boyfriend's arms again. It was, you know, so wonderful. You know, and in my message to the parents that day was this. Stop being stupid. Don't fund sin. If your child's off at college and you're paying for the experience and their experience, what they're presenting online is I'm having sex outside of marriage. I'm, I'm practicing drunkenness and I am, um, well, you know, I mean, that's, that's two things that are just right there. That's enough. And I just said, don't fund sin, pull the plug. You know, if they're going to be prodigals, don't pay for it. You know, what, if they're going to be, if they're going to waste their, their, their life, well, don't, don't fund that. That's not loving what's good. That's not loving your child, funding their descent into sin. Well, I just want to support them. Support what? Them or support a sinful lifestyle? Sorry. I hope if my kids are ever listening to this, just understand this. If you go off to college and you do this and you do that and you're practicing those things and you're wanting me to fund it, yeah, not going to happen. So anyway, all that to say, we ought to be lovers of good. Look at the things that you advertise. Look at the things that you hold on to, the things that, you know, the, the shirts, the bands with the shirts that you wear, you know, the, the movies in your collection, 
the uh, the places you go to be entertained, the places you go to uh, to have fun, the, uh, the the things that you do, the the uh, your your favorite actor, actress, comedian, whatever. Are you are you a lover of what is good? Because if you're not, you need to get your eyes back on the cross. You need to be reminded of the price of sin. Whenever you feel like maybe you want to embrace it again. God bless you. Talk to you next time.